0: Are you a Dragon Boat athlete? Have you ever thought about joining a team? Hornet Watersports makes high-performance, lightweight, carbon-fiber Dragon Boat paddles. You can choose from one of their many graphic designs. Don't settle for just a boring black paddle. I love their design so much that I have four different paddles. They also have all of the Dragon Boat accessories that you need, paddle bags, tip covers, tape, and more. Visit their website at hornetwatersports.com and enter the code PINK at checkout to receive 10% off of your order. That's hornetwatersports.com and enter the code PINK. Strokeside Designs is a New York-based fine jewelry company focused on water sports. This is the best jewelry I have found through many years of searching. I love my Dragon Boat paddle heart earrings and my pendant. The jewelers at Strokeside Designs have worked for famous jewelry houses such as Tiffany & Company and Cartier. All of the pieces are hand-finished from fine materials. Express your passion for kayaking, canoeing, and dragon boating. Visit PaddleJewelry.com and get free shipping with the code PINK. That is PaddleJewelry.com and enter the code PINK. My guest on this episode is Dr. Leslie Cole. She is board certified in internal medicine and addiction medicine. Dr. Cole was diagnosed with stage 2 breast cancer in 2017 at the age of 49. She shared her experience with having a family history of breast cancer without an identified gene, her treatments, and how she experienced anxiety. She also talks about finding something called emotional freedom technique that provided her with the tools that she needed to shift her emotions. Take a listen in as Dr. Cole shares her story. Welcome to Behind the Pink Ribbon, where we share stories, information, and other content related to breast cancer. My name is Melissa Adams. I am a 12 year genetic breast cancer survivor. I've learned so much through my own journey with breast cancer. I have met some amazing people along the way, many that have become lifelong friends. I have experienced the emotional roller coaster of a breast cancer diagnosis heartache, anger, frustration, loneliness, and even gratitude. Through this podcast, we will speak to breast cancer survivors, supporters, and healthcare professionals to gain insight and understanding behind the pink ribbon. I'm here today with Dr. Leslie Cole. She is a breast cancer survivor. She was diagnosed in January of 2017 at the age of 47. Um, She had invasive ductal carcinoma, stage 2, and it was also triple positive. So welcome to the show, Dr. Cole. It's nice to have you with us. Oh, thank you so
1: much. It is good to be here.
0: Great. So let's talk a little bit about your story, um, you know, kind of how you found out that you had breast cancer if you were doing a self-exam or getting a mammogram. Um, Tell me a little bit about how that all got started for you.
1: Sure. Um, uh, When I was, I'll say when I was 40, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. She was in her 70s. But she'd struggled with, she'd had LCIS for years and had been closely followed. Then when I was 46, my younger sister, this was 2016, my younger sister was diagnosed with DCIS. And um, it was widespread. And so she had to have a mastectomy, or she decided to have a double mastectomy. Um, and ended up having two different cancers in her breast. We do not have the BRCA gene, um, but it really got me anxious. Sure. Um, at that point, I just was sure I was going to have breast cancer. This was 2016. Um, and I found something in my left breast. And ended up getting an ultrasound in a mammogram, and it was like a fibrocystic thing. And so I felt really relieved. And about a month later, I was in the shower washing and just shaving or washing my armpit right on the right. And up in the top right corner, I felt a little pea-sized not. And I thought, you know what, Leslie, you just found one that was, that was normal on the left. You're just anxious. You have fibrocystic breasts. Do not freak out. Just wait until your mammogram. But it bothered me. And I will just say this, this was in 2016, like July. And I wish I had not talked myself out of that anxiety. Yeah. Um, I wish I'd gone ahead and gone back, but I decided to wait until my December mammogram. Uh, So in December I, or January, I can't exactly remember when, when I had the mammogram, it was like either the end of December or early January. Um, and I had told my GYN that I felt this little pea sized thing in my right upper outer quadrant and she could barely feel it. And so it feels very, I still think it was providential somehow that I even found it cause it was sure. hard to feel. And, um, she felt it, got a mammogram a diagnostic mammogram and an ultrasound and the radiologist came in to me and said, well, it's a good thing. We caught it early. You're going to need a biopsy this week. Oh, that totally, totally scared me.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've Uh, never had a radiologist kind of, pop in um I mean it's always scary when they do come in you know that it's something's different when they come in um typically it's just the tech but when the radiologist comes into the room you know that it's something um but that yeah I mean that would be terrifying to have somebody say oh you know good thing we caught it early
1: um It, it was terrifying yeah yep It was terrifying, and she didn't say, this is cancer, but she said, you need a biopsy this week, and we caught it early, so that really bothered me. I still was able to compartmentalize it to a certain extent, but got the biopsy um, done within a few days, and the next day, I was at work, and they called me and told me it was Invasive introductal oh my gosh. Well, just I couldn't believe it. And to call you at work like that
0: was that was oh. one of my biggest complaints was that they called me at work. They never gave me the choice of how I wanted to receive any kind of news, whether it was negative or positive. Um, you know and so I think you could probably relate to getting that news while you're at work. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, and, I mean, you're, and you're a physician. So, you know, I would imagine that, you know, while you're at work, you're seeing and dealing with patients and now you've just been told that you have breast cancer. And I mean, that's a really hard thing to then just go back to yes. seeing your patients.
1: Yes. Honestly, I cannot remember what I did. I, I, Just started crying and told, I just felt totally shocked, was crying, told the front office manager, I've been diagnosed with breast cancer. What in the world? I, I've got to, I've got to call my husband. I've got to get home. I've just got to, I am in shock. We've got to reschedule the rest of the patients. I don't know what to do. I don't remember what happened to those poor patients that day, but um, I got my husband to drive me home. I don't even know what happened with my car. It just felt like such a huge shock to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, and that's, I can
0: relate again to just Mm. feeling like, everything is really kind of a blur in terms of what happened. I know I was at work as well. I know I mm. went home. I came back to work. But I could not tell you what I did that day at mm. all. I, I mm-hmm. think I just sat in my office, quite honestly.
1: Yeah. 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 I don't remember what exactly happened. But, uh, yeah, I just – my husband drove me home. I cried all the way. I remember – sitting on the couch with him and calling his sister who was a nurse who had also had breast cancer in the past. And she just was really calm, said, you're going to get through this. It's not going to be easy, but you will get through it. I know that you can do this. Um, that's all I remember of that whole week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and thankfully, you know, you had somebody that was able to keep that calm and not go into, you know, hysterics, if you will, um, about the diagnosis, but just to be able to be that calm voice, um, you know, I think that was probably a good thing, um, to have. So in terms of, you know, you went through all of that. Um, What did you opt for? I know that you said it wasn't, you know, it wasn't genetic, but here you have, you know, your mom who, you know, kind of has had some scares. Um, You know, I'm assuming it was um, lobular for her. And then you had said your sister um, as well. And, you know, she had opted for a mastectomy. So what did you decide in terms of your own treatment, um, you know, for, for the breast cancer?
1: I decided to go with a double mastectomy and with reconstruction. Okay.
0: And did you do implants or did you do your own tissue or kind of a hybrid
1: of the two? Mm, I did silicone implants. Okay. I did not do the teardrop. I did the, just the round silicone implants. Okay. Yeah. They kind of remind me of like a half of a miniature basketball.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's the only thing that I can think of when I see them. (laughs) They're perfectly round. (laughs) Yep. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I have the same ones. (laughs) You do? (laughs) Yes. So I know exactly what they look like.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um so and then you know with obviously being triple positive so that means you were estrogen progesterone and then also her2 positive. Um you know yeah. so that's that's kind of a pretty significant um you know pretty hefty diagnosis and so the um you know, there's a lot more treatment that's involved with that. So I'm assuming that you had to do, um, you know, some chemotherapy, um, also doing some, um, hormone replacement therapy.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, so Mm -hmm. did you do any
0: chemotherapy prior to your mastectomy or, um, was it all kind of after? It was
1: all after. Okay. So I did, um, TCHP, um, taxotere carboplatin, Perceptin and Perjeta, and the reason I did all four was um, during the surgery I had they did a lymph node a sentinel lymph node biopsy okay on both sides and during the surgery they they said it was negative but after the surgery this this is probably another point that just I've had to really work through the, the pathologist said, Oh, nope. We, there was a tiny met in the lymph node and we, which means they would have done more lymph node biopsies. Right. At the time during the surgery, but they didn't. So what I had to decide was, did I want to go in and get a blind lymph node dissection with, you know, where they would take out all the lymph nodes under my arm, Um, or did I want to have radiation, or did I want to, you know, how did I want to proceed? And what I decided to do was the full TCHP Okay. Um, instead of the radiation and the lymph node dissection. Okay. So yeah,
0: (laughs) that's a lot. So how many, how many rounds of chemo did you end up having to do?
1: So I had um, six of the um, Taxotere and Carboplatin and uh, what was it? Um, Every three weeks, I can't remember, is it 18 of the Herceptin and the Pergetta? And, um, lost all my hair on my whole body, um, lost weight, felt like I was losing my mind. I mean, it was really, it probably was the hardest thing I've ever been through in some ways Mm -hmm. and it totally changed my life, um, In what way? Well, okay. One of the things, one way that it changed my life was I thought that I could handle this in my normal ways of handling stress. My normal ways of handling stress have been... um, getting up in the morning, having a time of just journaling out thoughts and feelings and kind of getting set for the day with goals and plans and ideas and, um, and then reading some scripture. It made my, it really made me struggle hard with my faith, um, because of, you know, the, the, whole idea of, wait a minute, how does God let this kind of thing happen to people? Sure. Yeah. And so I had to deal with that a lot. Um, the one way I had dealt with things also was in a mindfulness type of way, where whatever I felt, I would let myself feel until it was gone. And so one of the things I thought was, gosh, I need to just allow myself to feel this fear of death until I'm no longer afraid to die, because I thought I was going to die. Yeah. I had seen, I had taken care of patients as an internist on chemo, and I knew my immune system was at the bottom of the pit, and I just thought, I know I'm going to die, so I've got to get ready for it. Right. Well, and that's a heavy feeling to hold on. Like,
0: I am all for, you know, allow the feelings. Like, you have you. It's really important that we allow ourselves to feel the feelings, yeah. but to stay yeah. somewhere for too long is yeah. where I think the danger exists.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember having this real aha moment, talking to a friend of mine going, you know what? I cannot, I don't want to die. I absolutely don't want to die. I do not want to get familiar with the feeling of death. No, I think I am not going to feel this. I don't want to allow myself to do this. And the truth is I want to live. And I have that desire and I'm going to validate that. And that felt so strong and powerful to me. To so go yeah can I Humans ask a quick question live.
0: how long yeah. were you how long would you say that you kind of sat in that space of allowing yourself to feel you know I'm I'm going to die how long do you think you sat in that space? Um,
1: I think probably a couple of weeks okay
0: yeah that's a I mean that's a that's a long time um, yeah. to feel that so yeah I would imagine that the moment where you decided, I don't want to feel this. I don't want to know that that feeling I'm not going to become overly familiar would be very liberating um, to pull yourself out of that space. So sorry, Um, I I didn't mean to interject, but I was kind of curious um, how long you stayed in that space.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So Um,
0: what what was it that you had done? Um, You know, was it just kind of a decision where you're like, no, I'm not I'm not doing this or did you mm -hmm. kind of tap into other things?
1: Well, I was thinking about a couple of verses uh, that I had, you know, even though I was totally struggling with my faith, there's a verse that says um, something about um, how Jesus freed those who had struggled all their lives from the fear of death. And I thought, there it is. Look, I think the truth is, there's a good God, the universe. I think we are meant to live. I think we are not meant to be acquainted with death. I think we we hate it because it is put in us to hate. And I felt like a lot of verses that, you know, I, even though I was doubting it all, I thought, you know what? This kind of resonates with what I'm really feeling now, which is. I want to live this is this strong and there's a fight and I don't ever want to go yep it's okay to die early no right it's not so uh yep yeah, I think it was the old old verses that came to my mind that I really started just letting percolate in my brain good so I mean it's it's
0: you know, kind of interesting because you're, you know, in this, um, you know, point in your life where something has happened to you. It's so traumatic that your, your faith is a little shaken, but Mm -hmm. it goes back to the answer that you were looking for came from having faith. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty profound. I mean, quite honestly, because, you know, I know a lot of people who, you know, they go through this and their faith is shaken, you know, and sometimes people lose their faith and, you know, wherever they might be, but, you know, it's, it's quite interesting that you, you know, were in that spot where you were just kind of shaken by your faith and not really quite sure how this was all going to work out, but the answer that you were looking for was right there and is yeah. what really, truly helps to pull you out of, um, you know, just being accepting of okay, I'm going to die early. I'm going to die young. Um, you yeah. know, I think that's I think that's great. So I would imagine that your faith at this point is um, much stronger. I don't want yeah, to assume, but
1: I'm going to guess. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. And I think the whole idea of Jesus died and came to life and conquered death. That right there makes me go, God, there is, I don't know any, any other story that helps me more than that story. And I can get behind that story of God becoming a man and dying, rising again, conquering death. And so I do not, he goes, you don't have to, you don't have to get acquainted with death. No. Right. It's done and over. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, good. So that kind of led you, um,
0: you know, through your own experience and your own feelings. um, We talked Mm. a little bit about this before we actually started to record, but it really kind of led you down a path of um, exploring, you know, some some techniques. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, those techniques, and um, you know, give us a little bit more specific information Mm. in terms of how you know, what it was that you used to kind of get you through those feelings.
1: Yes. Okay. So after that, there were two things that really um, changed my life. And one was I started just um, thinking a lot about a verse in Philippians that says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, let your request, oh, and and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And so I started um, every morning a new type of journaling where I would write requests and a line under it and put everything that I really was needing um, and felt very strong about. And then I also on the opposite page just put everything I was thankful for, and that had a sense of um, feeling like I was unburdening burdening myself um, of a lot of things that I was. I would wake up every day worried about. Yeah. But at times, it was just not enough. It was like, oh, I am so anxious still. Um, and my, my anxiety would get projected onto my husband. I would get afraid that he was going to die of cancer. Oh, That's where my brain would go. Yeah. I don't know why. I would just be like, I, my husband's going to die of cancer. My husband's going to die of cancer. Um, <laughs> so... I went to Gildas Club. Oh, I love Gildas Gilda's Club. Club. Oh Oh, my gosh, yes. Me too. (laughs) My saving grace, I will tell you that. Yes. So I joined Gildas Club. I joined a support group. And um, there was a, a volunteer who came and did something called tapping out stress. And so, a friend of mine and I went, and on that day, I was having 10 out of 10 fear that my husband was going to die of cancer. Oh, no. And he did not have cancer, <laughs> but I could not get past it. And so, um, this this um, woman who was a emotional freedom mm-hmm. technique tapping coach, tapped with us all and this is the it's a meridian point tapping thing I I was at that point just you know parking any skepticism because well not really I'm always just a little skeptical sure (laughs) so I thought you know what let me just go in and try it see what happens and she she said do we have any volunteers of someone who would like to you know talk about um something like anxiety that they want to tap through i'm like uh yeah i'll volunteer <laughs> and i raise that hand totally high <laughs> <laughs> well within an hour i'd gone down to zero wow a zero fear and i felt all the the calming good feelings of, of really being at peace. Um, so I got her card and I ended up calling her and saying, Hey, I want to, uh, I need more of this. So we ended up, I would call her, we would meet online. Um, and we would tap for an hour and all of these fears would just fade away. That's fascinating.
0: It is fascinating. And so is it tapping, like, what is it that you're tapping? Is it tapping your fingers, tapping your foot, tapping, you know, what is the
1: tapping? Okay, so the tapping, you are tapping, you start with, okay, there's a classical. I don't know if it's 10 years old, 20 years old. It's, It's somewhere like 10 to 20 years old. Someone named Gary Craig noticed that when you tapped acupressure points, okay. meridian points, um, in, a, in a certain – I guess he, he is the one who figured this out or invented it. You tap these pressure points um, on the side of your hand, and then there's one on the top of your head. Then there's one between your eyebrows. There's one on the outside of your eyes, one underneath your eyes, one under your nose. One on your chin, one on your chest, and then one on your flank underneath your armpit. Interesting. On these points and it calms the amygdala and it stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system. It calms the sympathetic nervous system Um, and it, it happens over and over like so one study i'll tell you that was repeated recently um was a study of a group of people they tested their salivary cortisol levels before group tapping and after group tapping and there was a 43 wow. percent in cortisol which is the stress hormone yeah well that was so amazing that Recently, another um, Dr. Peta Stapleton repeated the repeated the um, um, study, and she got the same result. Fascinating. So it is fascinating. Um, anyway, yeah, it's so there are enough people who have really done some studies. I think there might be fifty studies that would meet the standards um, for uh, being. Statistically significant, yeah. Um, difference. Uh, that's. I mean, that's
0: forty three percent, and to have it not just mm-hmm. once but twice, I would say, yeah, yeah, <laughs> statistically significant for sure. Um, yeah.
1: So then you went on to yes. get certified yourself. It made such a difference in my life, and even um, people who knew me said, "Oh my gosh, something has changed." Is it because you had cancer? Is it because of, you know, the journaling? Is it because, and I don't know what all it was. But I decided to go uh, 2018. I took the um, certifying course and learned how to do these different techniques, and um, so for the last since 2018, I have been practicing, um, uh, and have opened a, a practice, um, an online, it's online practice. So I can work with anybody anywhere in the United States or Canada. Um, I mean, possibly other countries. I've got to look at my malpractice. (laughs) Sure. I don't know if there, but um, yeah. And I, um, so I help people tap down anxiety. Um, I've got a um, weight loss group, and uh, I've worked with people with addictions, um, and I just love it. So
0: where do you, where would somebody if somebody's interested? So one of our listeners is, you know, kind of in that state where you were, and mm-hmm. maybe they want to try out the tapping. How would they get in touch with you, or where would they be able to find
1: you, um, you know, to schedule an appointment? Well, they could reach out to me at an email at info i n f o at dr. Leslie Cole dot com, which is D R L E S L I E C O L E dot com. Um, I have a website that is going up this month, which will be dot you know www com. Perfect. Um, and so people can get on there. Um, they can, I will send them, they can, so they can just email me directly and I can send them the link to get on a call. Um, and yes, I totally am happy to help people because we can, we can work through all sorts of things, anxiety, cravings. Um, and I know a lot of people have all sorts of cravings. Um, and stress and weight gain and oh my gosh, so much that happens. Well, and everybody's
0: emotions are different in terms of how we, you know, you kind of talked about the strategies that you had in your back pocket for dealing with the things in life in general. But when yeah. it came to cancer, that shifted. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I know a lot of people. You know, we we can only do what we know. We only have yep. so many specific coping strategies, and so you know the way that we deal with certain things is very different from one person to the next um you know yeah. some people are emotional eaters um, some people are not emotional eaters so some people lose weight some people gain weight um you know some people are highly anxious um you mm-hmm. know when they don't have the tools to kind of pull them you know kind of back down to a state that isn't as highly anxious so you know i think you're um you know, and, and we had talked about this a little bit before, too, is that, you know, some people also, the way that they cope is they start taking, you know, pills or they start drinking alcohol or, you know, yes. doing other kinds of drugs. So everybody's so different. But yeah. it sounds like this specific technique is something that you can use to really work through many or all of those issues with um, people who are having that experience.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people, um, uh, I know several people who gained a lot of weight, and um, I know that I had so many cravings uh, for alcohol. Like I remember at the end of chemo going, boy, I just want to get completely drunk. I don't know what this is, but I just want to get completely, totally drunk. And there there I don't know if there was some imbalance in my brain or if there was some, you know, uh craving from uh you know, an emotional thing. Right. Or um if it was the sense uh you know, I remember thinking about Noah. <laughs> Noah in the old testament. Yes. <laughs> And so everyone had died. He'd been on that freaking arc for 40 days of, or however long it was. And he gets off and he gets totally drunk. And I thought, you know what? Is is? that what is going on? You know, we've been on some journey through chemo and near death and whatever. And we just want to get drunk. <laughs> um, I don't know. I will just say that that, that was... Uh, a um, feeling for me, a struggle. Yeah. Um, I also found myself noticing that I wanted to take uh, the pain pills. Um, but I'd heard from my own practice with patients, because I'm an addiction medicine physician, Right, heard um, people talk about how they felt, which was they had gotten to where those pain pills were making them feel normal Mm -hmm. and the first time I saw myself say that I decided to stop taking them yes because I didn't want to go into an addiction on them I Um,
0: yeah I would take my pills for maybe five days if that um mm -hmm but I immediately stopped, um, at the fifth day. I never allowed myself to go past the fifth day of it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And it's a hard thing because it's, there's still pain. Um, Mm. you know, there's still struggle in terms of, you know, especially following a a mastectomy or a hysterectomy or, you know, uh, latissimus Mm. removal or, you know, those kinds of surgeries, you know, the exchange surgeries weren't as bad, but anything that was more significant, um, mm-hmm. I still had the pain, but I did not want to get myself into a place where I was popping pills, um, you know, to kind of yeah. self-medicate and have that feeling because it was a good yeah. feeling. I mean, I was, yes, it was, it was different. It was normal. I didn't feel pain. I wasn't hurting, you know, so I can, I can totally relate to
1: mm-hmm. that. Yeah. 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 Percocet is, Percocet is really nice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I will say I took it for, um, I think I took it for three weeks and it was during that third week I found myself going, oh, this makes me feel normal. And I went, whoop, there you go. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. But the the Mm -hmm. hard part is, you know, there are many
0: people out there who, aren't able to kind of flip that switch, if you will. I don't want to say that they're not strong because that's not the words that I want to use, but they're not able to flip that switch over to say, I'm done with this. You know, I I have to stop this. Um, You know, so I I think it's great that there are people out there. And and quite honestly, until you had emailed um, or, you know, sent Mm -hmm. in a request to be on the podcast, I didn't know Mm -hmm. anything about emotional freedom um, technique. But it sounds like, you know, something that people should be made aware of, um, you know, especially people who are going through something as traumatic as cancer.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if people want to get on my email list, I have been doing some free zoom, uh, tapping sessions. Awesome. Just in, Introduce people to it so if they'll email me, um, I can add them to the you know free tapping session info list, okay? So, yeah, it's it's real easy. I, I'm doing it in the evenings, um, you just have to click on a link, it's a zoom link, um, but yeah, that email okay. info at drlesleycole.com, yeah, and we we'll- We'll post that as well,
0: um, you know, so that our listeners have that. Um, Well, we have talked about so much (laughs) and I, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the conversation has been really interesting, um, you know, and I, I hope that we can stay in contact, um, you know, but unfortunately um, I think our podcast podcast. Has to come to an end here, even though I feel like we could just keep talking about um, all of this great stuff. But you are doing really great work. Um, I mean, just the what you were doing prior to cancer is great work. Um, but being able to then, you know, get certified in that emotional freedom technique, I think is, is amazing and really just adds so much more value to, you know, the addiction work that you were doing prior to mm-hmm. as well. Um, so thank you so much for, you know, being willing to share your story, your personal story, um, you know, talking about the the mm-hmm. feelings that you had and, um, you know, kind of coming out, out of that and, the way that you're using your experience to help other people get through theirs.
1: Mm, Thank you so much. Thanks for talking with me. I totally enjoyed it. Me too.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind the Pink Ribbon. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. If you or anyone you know would be interested in sharing your story, please send an email to podcast at behindthepinkribbon.com. Thinking about advertising on this podcast? Our ads not only create awareness for your brand, but also contribute to the continued growth and support of this show. Email us today and be on our next episode. Email podcast at behindthepinkribbon.com for more information. You've been listening to Behind the Pink Ribbon, produced by American Creative Consulting, mixed and mastered at Riverview Podcasting Studios. For more information, please visit design designbyacc.com.